Hey everybody, welcome into Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you as always, a series check-in edition, if you will, at the time of this recording. How's it going? I'm doing great. Checking in. I, I'm doing. I I just assumed you were doing great. I wasn't even going to ask because <laughs> I know you're doing. Because it's great to be home. It is. We haven't been home in a while. Yeah. Like. Well, big episode of Territory Talk, a series check-in, if you will, at the time of this recording, on the off day, the rare extra off day, certainly can be used positively for everybody here, considering what the uh, Panthers have gone through over the last week and a half or so. Speaking of, we are going to have Carter Verhage joining us coming up here in just a few moments, special guest, and uh, a big reason the Panthers moved on to round two. Carter Verhage scored that game seven overtime winner. That's uh, that's right up there on the mantle with Billy Lindsay's 1996 uh, goal against the Boston Bruins that vaulted the Panthers into the second round for the first time in team history. So uh, another one of those playoff milestone type of goals and uh, we'll have Carter Verhage on to talk about that and more coming up in just a few moments but Jamison at the time of this recording Panthers up 2-0 in the series coming back home for game three that's Sunday at 6 30 game four is going to be Wednesday at seven o'clock at FLA Live in a couple of housekeeping notes there but you can't start a series better than the Panthers have winning each of the first two and I know if you if you ask the Toronto Maple Leafs, they probably feel like, uh, aside, aside from a few mistakes, they did enough to win the first two games. But it's the way the score reads when 60 minutes elapses. That's who wins the hockey game. And the Panthers, oh, the team that came out on top in each of the first two. There are a lot of factors. It shows you how razor thin the margins are at this time of the year when you get down to eight teams and everybody is good and everybody has elite skill but the Panthers, with some elite goaltending and some timely scoring, got a big comeback win in Game 2, and here they are, up two games to none. Yeah, and there's so many things you can go through that are impressive. Like I said, razor-thin margins for the most part in the series um, in most of the metrics. But I think, obviously, Bob's been the biggest difference in this series so far through two games. Just absolutely lights out. Uh, that was a complete Bob win there uh, in Game 2. But just the mentality of the Panthers in the series so far. That first game, they got ahead on the road and they held it which is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Second game, they got down 2 nothing and they came back. So they've done it both ways. They've, they've won. And they, that was the first game they'd won when they didn't score first. Yep. In the playoffs. So finally, that's that's proven they can also do that. Um, you know, all these wins on the road is, is so impressive. That's a league-wide thing, which we've talked about a little bit. Um, but, you know, five straight wins, franchise record in the playoffs. Uh, Bobrovsky in net for all those wins. That's a franchise record. John Van Beesbrook was uh, number two there with four. Um, and there's a lot of things we can look back to. And a couple of the moves that I think are the most impressive that have really had the greatest effect is obviously just the overall team's buy-in and how they're playing and the fact that it's the same exact thing every single shift. But uh, the Nick Cousins up to two, Luce Ryan and down to three. The Panthers have three really, really, really strong lines going right now. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Bob getting back in there and taking the reins and running with it. I think, you know, during this five-game winning streak for Bob, a save percentage is at 921. If you look at five-on-five, five, of course, it's even better. Um, not just the amount of saves, but the quality of saves, the big saves. Game two, nine of ten on high danger saves. Um, that's why he's got the big contract. That's why he's Bob. That's why he's got the two Vesna trophies. And it's why people always say, throw everything out in the playoffs because if a goaltender gets hot, look out. So uh, for the Panthers, obviously keep helping him out, keep doing your best. But if Bob keeps playing this level, you know, anything can happen. And the Panthers, like they did against Boston in the first round, Against Toronto, they forced them into some uncomfortable spots, and they forced the Maple Leafs to commit more to- turnovers than 
they're accustomed to So the Maple Leafs right now have 30 giveaways. And uh, I think the Panthers have 22 takeaways. Although we always say, who are we, who are we joking with here recently where we don't know the difference between a takeaway and a giveaway? Because it's, it's a it's, subjective It's a thing. weird science. Yeah. But regardless, they have 30 giveaways. We have 22 takeaways. Um, when you look at giveaways, majority of those giveaways, if you went back and looked at them all on, on, on film, are forced. The Panthers' forecheck's been fantastic, relentless. The reason the Maple Leafs are putting pucks in these bad positions and getting rid of pucks quick is because there's a guy charging right at them the moment they get it. Um, so the, the Panthers... Even though a giveaway is a giveaway, I'm still counting those as like forced takeaways a little bit just because of how good the Panthers' forecheck has been. And it's been exactly what we saw, like you said, in, in round one. Uh, the Bruins couldn't handle the Panthers' forecheck. They made a lot of mistakes. The Panthers capitalized. been the same thing here at the two games. Yeah, and, the, and uh, Sam Bennett's been a big reason for it. He's uh, He threw we're 10 ba- hits, we're, 10 we're, hits in We are two. back safely in South Florida and America, so we can praise Sam Bennett. We couldn't do that in Canada for fear of getting attacked. He's, he's public enemy number one. No, I there. did it. I did it. <laughs> 10, hits in game, 10 hits in game two. The, uh, uh, it's setting the tone, and, and obviously you know there's that fine line you walk, and the Panthers, sometimes you go over and you, you get a penalty, and he, he took a penalty in that game. But for the most part, the Panthers, especially in playoff time, have learned exactly where that line is, and they love walking that line and playing that line. And I think Matthew Kachuk said a couple media availabilities ago that by the end of that Boston series, none of their guys were going behind the net because Sam Bennett was right there, and they didn't they wanted nothing to do with Sam Bennett. And that tone is being set here as the uh, Panthers have a two-games-to-none lead on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And last last point before we go to our conversation with Carter Hagee, and Paul Maurice mentioned this, that Game 2 win, especially important, Sergei Bobrovsky, hugely instrumental, and that's an understatement yep. uh, considering what he meant to that one. But Paul Maurice had said, you look back in nine days, the Panthers won five games against two of the best teams in the league, Boston and Toronto. Four of those five were on the road. In those games, there were elimination games. There were come-from-behind victories for the Panthers. And I'd even almost call these first two games in Toronto somewhat elimination games, just given the fact if you go down 0-2 in this series, I don't know if you're coming back. And and even and they know that. Even up 2-0 against Toronto, whether you're up, you could be up, Two nothing in a series or two nothing in a game with the firepower they've got. Mm. You're never out of the woods against Toronto until the thing's over with. So uh, obviously those are those are huge uh, huge wins to start the series. But Paul Maurice said, considering the intensity of those five games in nine nights, by game five, that game the other day, game two in Toronto, Bobrovsky st- stole the show. That was where it finally started to feel like the Panthers were on a road trip. It felt like they were. It felt like they really had. I ran out of clothes. One. I had to go buy clothes. You had to go get some new pajamasons. New pajamas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wasn't ready for that. It was, and it was chilly in Toronto. You probably no. had to wear your your extra thick wool pajamasons. <laughs> yes. Territory talk is presented by Baptist. <laughs> by Health. pajamasons. Yes. Presented by pajamas. That's what Jameson wears at night. His pajamasons. <laughs> Territory Talk is presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. On that note, why don't we go from talking about Jameson's warm pajamasons to one of the hottest Florida Panthers offensively, Carter Verhage. All right, well, Carter, first at the time of this recording, getting ready for game three, you guys have been playing a consistent brand of hockey. You've been on the road for, for a good chunk of it. What's been the biggest key to the success here in these uh, last handful of games as you guys are taking a, a five-game win streak into game three? Yeah, I think we're just kind of sticking with it. I mean, uh, everyone is pulling the rope in the same direction. Everyone, everyone's contributing. I think it's just a, kind of a total team effort, and uh, we're playing simple and playing hard, and I think that's been the biggest thing. Uh, we're getting contributions from everyone, and it's 
fun. Everyone wants to contribute. You talk about playing consistent. The crazy thing is all these games have been a little different, but it seems like you guys have played the exact same in all these games. Just when did you guys kind of settle into that identity, do you think? Yeah, I think it's uh, comes with a little bit being the underdog, I think. Even against Boston, I think uh, we knew what kind of style. I mean, they're a really tough team, and I think it's just kind of just sticking with what we know what to do and, I mean, playing our systems, and I think that's pretty much the biggest thing. And, I mean, uh, sometimes they might want to make an extra play or whatever, but everyone on our team is kind of bought in, and we're just plain simple. I know that we're into a, a new series now, but got to ask, how, how much did your phone blow up after the Game 7 OT winner, and where does that one rank on goals that you've scored? Yeah, probably number one. I mean, <laughs> it has to be number one. Uh, game 7, uh, it was my first Game 7, so, I mean, uh, it was awesome playing playing in uh, Boston in Game 7 overtime and even just moving on to the next series. And, I mean, it's you go into Game 7, it's do or die, and, I mean – I was just happy to continue our season. I I had people I hadn't talked to in years, like people from high school, text me after that. Just like out of the blue, yeah. like, oh, great goal or go cats or something. Yeah. What was like the most out of the blue text you had waiting for you on your phone? Out of the blue? I don't know. I think <laughs> that's a tough I uh Probably just people that I haven't talked to in years. Mm. I mean. Old teammates, I'm sure. Yeah, there's numbers that I didn't even have saved on my phone that texting me you know, the, so how much the, time did it take to then go through and just like thanks thanks yeah, thanks just yeah, going down took, the list of texts yeah it took a while yeah <laughs> but it was it was awesome i mean it was it was just exciting to like move on and get the win and mm-hmm. come back in the series i mean it was just awesome and that puck is now like an historic artifact in, in panther's history where is the puck can you tell us i have no idea you have no idea <laughs> I, I don't know maybe someone I, has i it. don't have it someone has it someone has it yeah someone's got to have it Okay, I, I'm, I'm trusting Teddy Richards on that one. Yeah, he might. He might. Yeah. I don't know who has it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, just, it's yeah. crazy. It so uh, it's it's got to be around here. So we need yeah. to locate it. We need yes. to locate yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> Carter. I, and in your game, I mean, you've come up with big goals in the playoffs now. This year, last year, you sco- had the the 40 goal season this year. I, I've told some people you seem like the guy, like in basketball, the guy who wants the ball in his hands that last shot you seem like the kind of guy that has a knack for coming through when the team needs one do you feel like there's something in your game where you just you you like you like the puck on your stick in those those big situations yeah I mean it's always more fun to have it on uh, my stick than I mean the other team's stick (laughs) so I mean yeah but I think I just kind of just I don't know if it's luck or just finding a way or I mean I think when I'm in pressure situations or whatever it's just kind of being calm and just playing the same way you've always played and I mean the game doesn't change it's still whatever same amount of guys on the ice same same puck same ice I mean nothing's really changed it's just a different situation do you think the group as a whole feeds off each other in that regard because just looking at this stretch of time I mean you guys had four of the last five been on the road you had the game's facing elimination against Boston came back to tie game seven it seems like there's just no panic in the group is that yeah. a trait that you feel like you guys just have collectively i think we kind of acquired it throughout the year i think uh when the game like gets tough or i mean there's so many times throughout the year where we're down goals and we change the way we played and we kind of realize that it doesn't really work i mean you get down one or two goals and uh you start changing the way you play and trying to uh, manufacture kind of things mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of the biggest thing where we're just going to play the same way. We're down 3 nothing or up 3 nothing. We're just going to keep on playing the same way, I think. 
When you look back at uh, that, that series against Boston, was there one moment that sticks out? Because there was like 50 different turning points throughout that series. Is there one in particular that, other than your game-winning goal, it's really going to stick out to you? I mean, that was just an emotional roller coaster wow. throughout the whole series. I mean, I think uh, probably Bob making that save in Game 5 yeah. probably was a big turning point. I, we're not talking if that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, we're not, oh. yeah that's what I mean. I mean... Uh, I'm sure they didn't want to come back. They thought the series was over. Mm -hmm. right? They didn't want to come back to South Florida. And, I mean, we got one at home, which was even crazier. Mm -hmm. I think they had a couple of leads late, and there was just not, never, like, any panic, really. I think we're just going out there playing hockey and uh, playing as hard as we can, and wherever we fall, we fall, you know. And we have Game 3 coming up now here at home. Like you said, the last time we were here was Game 6, and the, the building was crazy. Just, yeah. Have you felt the buzz building here as you guys have gone farther along here locally? To be honest, yeah. we haven't been. We feel like you've never been here. You haven't we been here, exactly. Yeah. That's a, we won in Game Seven, then we went straight to Toronto. So mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> and then we fly in, go to sleep, and then yeah. come straight to practice. So it's gonna be I a surprise mean, when you take the ice tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna be a surprise. I'm sure our fans are great. So I'm sure they're all following. I mean, at the airport there are some fans, and I mean, uh, yeah, they show us support. Uh, all the time, and they're great. So, and you guys have been taking care of business on the road, and this has been one of the big topics across the whole league in the playoffs. Road teams have been having a uh, an odd amount of success. Is there anything as a player, anything you can point to, maybe that's that's led to this? This has been a trend across the league, not just for you guys having success yeah. on the road. I think it's kind of to the point that uh, everyone's at home. It feels like you get the you get some momentum, you get the fans behind you, and then everyone wants to try and do a little extra make another play or change the way kind of they play you play the game and I think that's I think plays into it you mm -hmm. get the fans behind you and then you have a lot of confidence where I think on the road it's more of a work mindset where you're just trying to grind it out kind of doesn't have to be a beauty thing. contest it doesn't have to be a, yeah exactly and I think that's kind of I think something we can learn from playing at home and I think we have to be honest so We've talked about Bob, who obviously has been huge this entire season. We don't need to say anything else about, about that. He's just yeah. been lights out and crazy. But uh, since the start of this, you know, going back to round uh, round one, Sam Bennett, Matthew Kachuk, just causing chaos out there. Obviously, they're both putting up a lot of points, scoring up a lot of goals, but it seems like they're really kind of setting the tone for you guys as well. Just what's it like watching those guys work out there uh, come playoff time? Yeah, I mean, those guys are awesome. I love uh, having them on my team. I definitely wouldn't want to play against them. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of personality. I mean... Every time uh, they're on the ice, it seems like something good happens. Mm -hmm. And I mean, whether it's a big hit or change of momentum or something, and they're excellent at it. And I mean, uh, that line's been so good for us. And last one for me, Carter. The this really is the best time of the year, isn't it? I mean, yeah. when you're playing these playoff games, when the whole world's watching, when you're going up best on best against the other great teams across the league. This this really is what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's so much fun playing these games. They're so meaningful. And I think uh, at times, like, you don't even realize what's going on, what we're doing or whatever. I think you're just in the moment and just that's how we're trying to stay in the moment and just playing hockey. I mean, uh, even like it didn't even you don't even realize the impact it has sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, on the fans or people watching or anything, I think you're just playing hockey and you're shocked about how crazy people are going about it. And last one for me, uh, got a nice beard going here. We just talked to Radko Gudis about this. We're a couple yeah. weeks in now. We can start talking about playoff beards. Yeah. Just who's most impressed you in the room outside of the, the usual suspects like Gudis, Ekblad, the guys that kind of were born with beards? Uh, who, who's impressed <laughs> me? Uh, 
I like uh, Forslane's. He's got like the, the evil goatee the, going. He's got yeah. the goatee going. Yeah. yeah. He has a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. It's, it's pretty <laughs> funny, actually. And poor, uh, poor Anton Lundell. I know he's a young kid. Yeah. But trying. Not much coming there yeah, yet. Yeah. Rhino's got a good one, too. Rhino's actually. got a good one, yeah. It's a little he patchy, does. though. But he's a got bit. A, Yeah. We'll, we'll patch that in the longer no, we go. He'll fill in, yeah. a couple, <laughs> in a couple of days, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Won't, won't take long. Well, uh, yeah. well Cardi, we, th- we thank you very much, as always, for, for stopping by here. Thanks for taking some time out uh, during the, the thick of this playoff run. And again, best of luck here the rest of the way. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, huge thanks, as always, to Carter Verhage who's climbing that list now of all-time appearances on Territory Talk. Well, you know, he's the franchise's all-time leader in playoff goals now. 11, of course. You know, the Panthers haven't had a lot of playoff opportunities. That's changed now. They're on this run and making the playoffs every year, and it looks like they're going to keep doing that. So, But the fact is, he's set the number, and he's going to keep building on that number because mm-hmm. he's here for a while. So, uh, you know, shout-out to Carter. Just uh, just a huge accomplishment And I don't there. think he's done scoring in these playoffs. No. so He, no, he certainly is not. Especially, he'll add to it. Especially with what he does. And I feel like he might be... I mean, like, like, like we, we talked about this before, but Barkov always gets the votes for most underrated player in the NHL. Carter Verhage has to be the most underrated player in the NHL. A guy that not 42 only... 42 goals! 42 goals in the regular season and back-to-back years of series-clinching goals in the playoffs and among other goals he's scoring in the playoffs. And he's still, if you flip on TSN, you're not hearing about Carter Verhage. So I think he is officially the most underrated player. And I, I know guys don't like talking about themselves, but I've said it multiple But we like times. talking about he, them. I, I, he's the, he's got a real knack for coming through when the team needs one. He, if you, if you're down a goal, if it's a tie game, if you need to turn the momentum on a dime, he's got a knack for coming through when you need, if we're talking basketball, if you need a bucket, he'll get you one. If you need a goal, Carter Verhage can find a way to get you one. And that's a, that's a native son of Ontario. They let get away coming back to haunt them both actually from the region, but also the Maple Leafs. Leafs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you was, best believe that's the story they're talking about right up there. It's was, not Carter's doing great for the Panthers. The story they're running up there Leafs is... had him at one point. What if we kept him, you know? And that's, as we kind of move along here, that's the kind of the fun thing I'll say is, um, obviously, you know, that first round against the, the the Bruins, Matthew Kachuk and media all the time kept playing the underdog card. They, all the guys did, but Matthew really leaned into it. And it was, you know, people... Oh, from, the, from the outset, the pressure was on Boston. Yeah, and, and he even they, said, you know, he known. said, I think it was it like, was. it would take a perfect game for us to take one game from these guys. And then here we are, and, you know... I think the Bruins are in England right now for some reason. We were looking at social media, and the Panthers are still in the playoffs. Um, but then you went to round two, and he says it again. You know, he says, you know, the reward for beating the best team is facing the second best team. The Leafs are so good, and obviously they are. It's all, you know, real praise, but, you know, Panthers are still the underdogs. And that's when people kind of started to say, like, no, no, we've seen you guys. Like, you guys aren't the underdogs anymore. But then you spend a week in Toronto, and you listen to national media, local media, no one's talking about the Panthers. It's all still Toronto. Toronto it's, he's completely justified in that. And I'll even say, you know, when, the, when they beat the Bruins, no one said, wow, what a miraculous comeback for the Panthers. It was, did the Bruins choke? What did the Bruins do to lose this series? Same thing through two games here in Toronto. Everyone's saying, what, what's wrong with the Leafs? What I, are they doing? I felt like... And I, I like it. It's working for the us. The general pulse, I felt like there were a lot of people giving the Panthers credit, acknowledging they're a good team. I will say... But... The, with the, there were a lot of people focused on, and here's here's part of why I think why it stands out. There were a lot of there have been a lot of people saying the Leafs have made mistakes, and the Panthers have capitalized on those mistakes. You have to capitalize on mistakes. Also, mm-hmm. hockey's a game of mistakes. Find me a goal that scored anywhere, anytime where there wasn't a miscoverage someplace or a misplayed puck someplace or something happened to allow that goal to be scored. So there's always going to be. Most of the time, there are going to be mistakes made that lead to a goal being scored one way or the other. Also, I think what what magnifies it, 
the the turnovers that led to the two the two goals came in a minute and six seconds in game three that swung at the Panthers' favor, and then Sergei Bobrovsky slammed the door the rest of the way. The second Panthers goal, it was Nylander. The third one, it was a combination of Marner and Matthews. I think that's why it's under the microscope, the Leafs' mistakes, is because those turnovers came from arguably yeah, their three best but players. What I'm saying is people still focus on the Leafs turning the puck over, not the Panthers forcing the turnover. The, and that's the, any turnover that happens has to be forced in some way. Yes. Or even if it's just an errant pass, somebody's got to be yeah. there to intercept that errant pass. Yeah. So it takes it takes an alert defense to be able to turn a turnover into a mistake. Yeah. And so as we kind of keep going here, like we said, this is not going to be that evergreen an episode, so hopefully everyone's listening out because we are right in the middle of this series. Well, we're game giving three. you content on a Saturday when there's not yeah. a game. I know everybody's used to games being played on Saturdays. Yeah. We haven't had we didn't have one last week. We don't we don't have one now. But regardless, I think there's some overarching things that are going to carry over all the way out through the rest of the series, however many games it goes. Um, another one's the officiating battle, and that's now that's that's being orchestrated now by the coaches. Both coaches have said things about the officiating. At Paul, the first time saying, you know, Panthers know they're going to be in the box more. There was the hand gesture on the bench, which fans loved. Um, did they get more calls after that? No, I think they actually got a couple more missed on them after that. And then you had after the last game, Sheldon Keefe talking about Sam Bennett, who was penalized for that for that cross check on Michael Bunting. But it seems like now he's trying to get even more focus on him. So next time he does something, the officials maybe you know treat him a little bit harsher or something like that. So both coaches are now talking directly or should I say indirectly but directly the game within the, the game yeah the chess match is f- fully on here so it's gonna be interesting to see how things work out with the stripes here moving forward because both both coaches have said their piece and they're trying to move the pawns here a little bit um and the other thing other than that is you mentioned um Matthews Nylander Tavares you know Marner those guys those guys so far haven't been rewarded I'm not because they haven't done much they've been threatening if you look at the list of scoring chances leaders on that team it's all those guys you know, Alex Kerfoot's not taking over the series. You know, Ryan O'Reilly's had a great series, but he's still, you know, second fiddle to those guys. So they're getting some good secondary scoring from the from the other guys on the team. But the big stars have been rewarded yet. Panthers doing good job defensively. Like I said, those guys are still getting a lot of chances. Bob's made some big saves. They've hit a couple posts. But how long can you keep containing them? And like we said before, yes, the pressure's ramping up on the team, but the pressure's really ramping up on those guys locally in the Toronto market. How are they going to respond? What are they going to do? That's a lot of guys that had a lot of success during the regular season, a lot of success in round one against the Lightning. Haven't found it yet. Panthers, that's the challenge right there. Keep containing those guys. And that was brought up, I heard that brought up on NHL Network. Matthews and Marner for Toronto in the first two games of the series have combined for 19 shots. Neither of them has scored. So the chances have been there. That's a testament to Sergei Bobrovsky. And one thing I'll say, too, is you can't contain those guys. Every guy says when you're going to get chances. Whenever you ask a defenseman or or a forward about, you know, how do you contain those guys? They always say, well, they're going to get their opportunities. All you can do is limit them and just maybe alter the quality of said opportunity. But they're going to get opportunities. Yeah, there's no way to totally take them out of the equation. But it's about being alert and getting those timely saves. And I'll say even too, Samsonov's played, he's played two great games. I think he's he he's maybe been, has one he wants back. That maybe that Barkov goal. He's but been good, that, but it shows you how thin that margin for error yeah. is because Sergei Bobrovsky has been yeah. One but or two Samsonov's better. had far more high danger stops, robberies, denials, whatever you want to call them, than bad goals he's let in. So it's it, both goaltenders. I think playing really well right now. But obviously, like you said, Bob got the edge. Bob's got the edge, and uh, the Panthers have the edge in the series. But as we know, Samsonov does not give a bleep about that, he told the media. He's not checking Bob. He, he doesn't have a lot of Bobrovsky cards at home. He's not a collector, I don't think. No, he's... He uh, doesn't care about the market. He's, he's not interested in that. <laughs> he's not interested in that. Well, we'll be seeing most likely Ilya Samsonov and Sergei Bobrovsky dueling once again 
whether Samsonov likes that or, or Sam, Samsonov. He was Samsonov we're never in getting Washington. Right. Yeah, he's changed it, so we're never getting it right He was now. Samsonov in Washington. Uh, second straight year, the Panthers facing him yep. in the playoffs. First time facing him as Samsonov. Yep. Uh, presumably Bobrovsky versus Samsonov again for our Game 3 goaltending matchup. But, uh, folks, that's it for this edition of Territory Talk, a series check-in edition. You're looking at something up on the wall. What are you looking at, Jameson? The time. I just looked at the time. Oh, the time. Okay, yeah. that would, yeah, usually clocks are on the walls and you know, it makes Puck sense. Puck drop's coming up. It is. <laughs> right now, we're 30 hours away <laughs> at the time of this recording <laughs> from the puck drop. Panthers leaves game three, FLA Live Arena, 6.30 Sunday, game four, 7 o'clock on Wednesday. So put that down on the calendar, the Palm Pilot. Uh, I'd advise against writing it on your hand, but uh, hey. 30 hours it can wash off. Yeah, yeah. a couple hand washes. Folks, thanks to Carter Verhage for stopping by on the uh, official podcast of the Panthers Territory Talk presented by Baptist Health. Thank you very much for stopping by here today. For Jamison Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. Again, Territory Talk presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. We will talk to you next time.